This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so this week's Pashba Leishcha. Pashba Leishcha is, um, really talks to the, the well, the beginning of Leishcha, anyway, for sure, talks to Rabbeim, talks to teachers, which of course also talks to parents, because there's an interesting, um, there's an interesting Mishnah. The Mishnah says that if you're father loses something and your Rebbe loses something and you can only save one of them which one do you save? your Rebbe's the Misha says why? because your father brings you into this world and your Rebbe which is 90 years 100 years 120 years and your Rebbe brings you into the next world which is forever and the mission goes on and the mission says if your father is captured and your Rebbe's captured, and you can only save one of their lives. Who should you save? So the Mishnah says you have to save your Rebbe. Same reason. Because if your father brought you to the physical world, which is 80 to 120 years, and your, your Rebbe brought you into the next world forever. So I remember when I was learning this Mishnah, I raised my hand. And I said to the Rebbe, uh, that's a great Mishnah, but Rebbe, I love you, but if my father or you are going to die and I can only save one of you, save my father. Right? So like, it's a very nice Mishnah, but the bottom line is, it's my father. You're my Rebbe, I love you, but you're not my father. So he didn't, he didn't answer. Rebbe Horowitz, I don't know how this came up, but I was seeing for something, whatever it is, Rebbe Horowitz, and he learning this Mishnah, and I said to him, I think I have an answer. And the answer is as follows. That the Mishnah also says, if your father is your Rebbe, then you save your father. Because he brought you both into this world, the next world. So I said, I don't think the Mishnah is talking to the son. I think the Mishnah is talking to the father. The Mishnah is saying to the father, listen to me. If your son has a choice to save you or, or his Rebbe, this is Colossian, if your father has a choice if your son has a choice to save you or your Rebbe, the Allah is, he has to save his Rebbe, because his Rebbe brought him into this world, and into the other world, into Ghanaian, and you brought him to this world. I said, so if, if he, the mission is talking to the father, I said, don't you ever let that happen. So your father has to become the Rebbe, he has to teach. Father has to teach his, his son, Tyra. So when Baha'u'llah is talking about a Rebbe, it's also talking about parents. The chinuch of, what's this? This is also, right? We're taping it twice? Alright, that should be sound right. They can hear it in stereo. It's very good. Not in, not in mono. We don't like mono. Um, so, so what I'm about to speak about in Baalesu, which is talking about being a Rebbe or teaching, has to do with being a parent also, and Bezrat Hashem, whoever's not one in this room, will be a Metz Hashem, so we need to know this. So it says the following. Speak to Aaron and tell him right? And say to him when you will kindle the neiros. Well, it means ha'loisa comes from the word oila when when they go up. Opposite the menorah, the seven the seven um, lights will be lit. Zok Rashi. Zok Rashi. Loma why is the Pashim Menorah next to Pashim Nesim? Because when Aaron saw Chanukas, the Chanukas of the Nesim, Chol Shadatoy, he felt very bad because there was no Nasi for Levi, right? 
So when we read the Nasiyim, we don't read the Nasiyim way. So he didn't, he didn't get a chance to give the base, to, to open up the base Amigdash with this carbon, right? So he felt very bad. Shaloi Haya Imar Mechanika, oh no, I'm sorry. Chol Shadata, right? So he felt he was left out. So, would you have as much greater than them? What do you have? That you will light and matrix means you will fix and clean out the neiros. Now, let me tell you an interesting halacha. A czar, a regular Jew, can light the menorah. But a regular Jew cannot clean the menorah. Interesting halacha. In other words, a czar could light the menorah in the base of Megdash, but he can't clean it and fix the wicks. So, what do we learn from that? So, and why is cleaning it out on the level of light? I understand the claim lights the menorah. It's beautiful to light the menorah to go get your hands filthy and clean out, clean out the, the, the wicks and the, the, the oil and all that. That's not, a, that's not, that's not a reason for Ira not to be upset. He says, absolutely. He says that Already to light the to light the Talmud up. I, interesting. I just had a whole I went to a wedding and I had a whole discussion. Um, a principal of a, of a school came over to me. Mr. Wallace, was that? He said, "Give me some fast tips on girls on on teach what's going on." Right? He's the principal of a school. Anyway. So I said fast tips. Well, the fast tip is that, that today, our generation, um, the from girl and the from boy has, has no excitement about Yiddishkeit. Well, what makes him from is that even though he's not excited, he's going through with the tedious Judaism and not stepping out. That's the from person. Not such a from person is like, I am bored, I hate this, I'm out of here. And, and I told him this, and I said, Your girls, it, it, it doesn't matter, Beisiako, it doesn't matter where they're coming from, it doesn't make a difference. It makes no difference where they're coming from. And there was another rabbi that was speaking about it today. Torah is, um, Torah became tedious. And, and I was just, talking to a boy the other day which from Yeshiva 10th grade boy and he's like he is so bored and he's brilliant and he knows all his Gemara and all the Taisvis and he's the most smartest kid in his whole class and he says I'm bored I mean what do you mean you're bored you're like he says it's a subject Rabbi Rabbi Walsh, it's a subject Gemara's a subject and, and it's just the opposite you know my daughter stays up till 2 o'clock she's studying because she has a test tomorrow and then another test there's not one day of the week that she doesn't have two tests what are you crazy? What are you doing? So, so, so what? You have to memorize. That is the opposite of what you're supposed to do with Torah. Torah is a mailless Torah. Torah is working, not, not memorizing. Just the opposite. You're not supposed to memorize. You're supposed to learn. You're supposed to get into it. You're supposed to enjoy it. You're not, it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. When you go to the daf in the morning, you should memorize the Mishnah. It's good to know Mishnah is for a pet. Don't get me wrong. But, but that's after you know Mishnah is inside. Just to say the words about Peh, you have to know the Mishnah is inside. So, so, what, what's happened to all of us is that, and, and, and it's the opposite of Baha'u'llah, what's happened is that because of the Western world and because we're in a world of subject matter and you have to go to school and you get a test and you have a homework, 
There is nowhere in the Torah that it says learning should be homework. There's nowhere in the Torah that it says you should mark learning. In fact, if you learn Torah and you don't get it, this is, I, w- I went crazy on him tonight. This guy, he started, you know, he, he was looking for a little bit, but I was like, I'm looking to vent. So it was like, right? L- listen to this for a second. Uh, tell me, somebody should please send me an email to Ornava, because I don't have email, but whatever. So, or, or, or leave me a message and, and tell me that I'm wrong and explain to me why I'm wrong. My proof that our system, our school system is totally wrong is what? Is the Mishnah? And the Mishnah Pirkei Avos says, "Loi alecha hamelacha ligmar." You don't have to finish the composition, the test, the homework. Mishnah says, "You don't have to finish. You just have to try." And we are teaching: you have to finish the whole subject. We're going to test you on the whole subject. Half a paper doesn't go. If all I could write was a half a paper, according to the Mishnah, it's not for you to finish the work. That's up to Hashem. You have to try. Judaism is based on trying. The whole Yiddishkeit is based on trying. Today, school, education in the Jewish world, trying has nothing to do with what you get on your test, or if you get to the next class, or what you're holding in that class. Who kids if you tried? You got a 60, you're a failure. You got a 50, you're a failure. I had a kid try, 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 try. It doesn't make a difference. But it's not about finishing. Judaism is not about finishing. Judaism is about starting. You don't have to finish the race. You believe that? According to the Mishnah, you have to finish the race. It's not up to you to finish the race. It's up to you to start the race. And try Try. You may make it. You may collapse on the side. You may not make it. You, you got to try. Because Baruch says, Siyata Nishmaya means that I took the first step, and then I Baruch we'll, we'll see that tonight also, but I have to take the first step, and then I Baruch helps you. you. You can't just sit back, but he also doesn't expect you to take all the steps, because you can't. Because you're a human being. It's not, it's not. So we're driving these kids. Alecha, malacha, ligmar. You have to finish your work. How many times did you hear that in your life going to school? Finish your homework, finish your work, finish your composition, finish the passing, finish the Gemara. It's not about finishing the Gemara. I have to finish the Gemara, I have to start the Gemara, and I have to try. Now, where do we learn Chinuch from? The Menorah. I'll tell you something fascinating tonight, right? So we learn from the Menorah. Now, who are the Rabbeim? Who are the Rabbeim in the times of the Mishkan and the Beit HaMikdash? The Kahanim and the Levim. Because we only, the Levian worked two days a year, maybe two weeks. Kohanim worked two weeks a year. So it's in our DNA, Kohanim, not to work too hard. So we went to the base of Medish because of dividing all the days and dividing the Mishmars. The max that we worked was two, two weeks. So what did you do the rest of the year? You, you were Rebbe, you taught. So the Kohanim were the Rabbeim and the Levian were the Rabbeim. Now, Baloischa, this Pasha, this week, is teaching us how to teach. Now, the Pasuk, Rashi says that when Aaron had Chalisha's das and he felt very bad that he wasn't, that he, that he didn't bring the cover of the Nesim, so HaKosh Baruch Hu said, 
Don't worry, Moshe Rabbeinu told him, it's going to come a time there's going to be Hanukkah. And, and Hanukkah, right, is going to be forever. So the Nesim was just when the Beit HaMidrash was in existence. Hanukkah is till Mashiach comes. We have the mitzvah of Hanukkah. So Aaron Akoni, don't feel bad. This is just for right now what they have. You are going to have forever. Now, what's the halach in Hanukkah? It's the machlaikis. Machlaikis is as follows. If you light a candle, machlaikis had laka oisa mitzvah or had nacha oisa mitzvah. What does Hadlaka Oysa Mitzvah mean? Hadlaka Oysa Mitzvah means I have enough oil in my candle to last for half an hour. When I light the menorah, right, it can last for half an hour. Now, let's say I light it and my grandson, right, walks over two minutes in and blows it out. Was I Mekai in the Mitzvah? And the answer is yes. According to Hadlaka Oysa Mitzvah. Because when I lit it, it had the potential to last a half an hour. Something happened in between that knocked it out. Hanukkah Mitzvah is the opposite. Let's say it didn't have a half an hour in it. It had ten minutes in it. I lit it, and then I added twenty minutes of oil. Right? So when I first lit it, it could not work. I lit it I lit it on the floor. It's not kosher. And then I picked, I took it and I put it on the table where it is kosher, and it stayed here for a half an hour. If had luck osa mitzvah, lighting makes the mitzvah when I lit it was a kosher. No, so I can put it on the table all I want. It's not kosher. If hanacha osa mitzvah means when I lit it wasn't good, who cares when you lit it? As long as it was in a good place for half an hour, that's good. It's How do we pass in halacha? We pass in halacha had luck osa mitzvah. That as long, when you lit that menorah, it had a half an hour, it had the potential of a half an hour. If something happens, that's, in other words, you can't put it by a window where it's blowing and it goes out, because that's, that's expected to happen. So therefore, you, you, it, you did, when you lit it, it didn't have the possibility of going for a half an hour. But if I lit it and had a half an hour in it, right? I, I lit it on my table, my grandson took it, when I wasn't looking, and he put it on the floor. The next half an hour it was lit on the floor, and it's not kosher. But since I lit it on the table, when I lit it, it was good, it's good. So what do you see from that? If you're a mechanic, right? But it's not the end product. Hanukkah is the end product. It was for a half an hour in a kosher place. We don't paskin like that. We paskin mitzvah. As long as when you started, you started okay, if stuff happens, it's still okay. And what I could but what Moshe Ben was telling Aaron Akayan is that in the future, in the future of Chinuch, the future of lighting, it's not going to be the the, the nearest in, in in the Mishkan, the Beis Hamidrash. It's going to be the nearest that's going to be in Golos, in the darkness. What is that nearest? That's the nearest of Hanukkah. What's that luck in the nearest of Hanukkah? Potential. When I lit it, it had the potential to last for half an hour. I this kid doesn't have such a good head, and he's going through trauma, and he's going through this, and he get right. But as long as he sat and he tried and he opened the Gemara and it didn't, it didn't go into his head. I read a whole, I read a whole Zayar about this a few weeks ago, right? You try, you try, you try, you don't go. The terrorist says, I'm hiding, I'm coming out, I'm hiding, I'm coming out. Don't worry. Don't worry. If you really try, I'll come out, I'll talk to you, I'll help you. You have to try. We don't have that anymore. Trying doesn't mean anything. Trying in baseball doesn't mean anything. Trying in sports doesn't mean anything. Trying in making a living doesn't mean anything. If a guy's not making a living, everybody's ragging on him. Ah, he's working and he's trying. 
Who cares if you're trying? You're not making as much money as the next guy? Have a good day. Trying today, effort. Not trying. Effort has absolutely no meaning. While in Yiddishkeit, that's all that counts. Just try. It's not up to you to finish. You can't finish anything. The truth is you can't finish anything. It's all up to You have to have established, right? You have to try. And, and I, I was telling this principal, I'm like, come on. How, how do you rate that in your school? You rate a kid by, way, by, way, by way, how they're trying. At the end of the day, right? You're not going to get into a good college for trying. It's, it's Western. It's 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 the Goyesha. You're not going to you're not going to get anywhere for trying. You're not going to win a ball game for trying. You know, the Yankees have to draft and pay for the best ball players to have the best team. It doesn't matter how much a team tries. So we have this in our head. So so so, I'm dealing with all these kids that are from only because they hate Yiddish Kai, but they're keeping it anyway. Is that sad? In other words, I'm keeping it anyway, but I don't like it. So, so, Aish, which is one of the most beautiful things against atheism, whatever it is. So, so we're compared, Anishama is compared to two things. Anyone here know what Anishama, well really, maybe three things, but two things. Ner, Ner Nishama, Ner Nishama, Ner Nishama, right? And Shemen. Shemen doesn't mix with water. Shemen has its own density. And a Shema, right, has a different density than a Nefesh. But that's in the Kabbalistic side. But we're compared to a Nair. Why are we compared to a Nair? You, you light a yard site lift, you light candles on shop. What's special about a Nair? Fire is physical. Right? You're not going to say fire is spiritual. You put your hand in the fire, it's going to burn you. It's not a spiritual thing, it's a physical thing. Fire is physical. But it goes totally against anything physical in this world because there's a theory in physics of displacement the theory of displacement means that if I want to give you a cup of water then I'm going to displace a cup of water from this bottle which means that now this bottle is going to have less water than when it started that is a rule in physics sand, anything any, it's called the theory of displacement when I displace from this somewhere else this loses fire doesn't work that way Fire, if you take a match, I could light 10 candles, and the fire and the match stays the same. In other words, when you light something, that the, 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 the fire of the match, the fire of the thing that's lighting something, it doesn't lose anything. Now, not only that, there's no way, unless I'm a magician, that I could pour half a bottle of this water into a one-gallon right tank, and the gallon tank will be full. You're telling me, Rabbi Wallace, unless you're Kishif, you can't do that, right? It's impossible. If I'm displacing half a bottle of water, that's all you can get from here. But a fire, you can take a spark and burn a million acres of, of, of forest land. A fire doesn't work at all in the theory of displacement. That little spark can make a fire a million times bigger than the little spark. It doesn't work in this world. Fire does not Makes sense in this world. On top of that, it's against gravity. Fire has to be lit to a physical item in order for it to continue. Hundred percent. It is, but it itself. Right, right. But it itself, right, goes against the the, the theory of displacement. Hundred percent. It it has to burn something. Now, even though, what is, what would you say, lightning? Is burning. 
it's not burning anything, but it's a fire. Okay, so but it's not burning anything. But, but it's not burning anything. It's not burning any physical thing. I'm talking about that lightning when it hits a tree. Lightning that you see in the sky. I mean, I'm sure it's burning something. It's burning some electro or whatever. I'm sure there's electric static. magnetic, whatever it is. You can't just static. Thank you. What is that? So what's that? So what is it burning? Is that? So... But wait, I don't want to get, I don't want to get to the whole, but we know that it, it goes against displacement and it also goes totally against gravity. Because gravity, if you pour something down, it goes down. Fire, you pour it down, it goes up. Fire is always going up, it's always reaching up. So in, in the, in the Sifre Kabbalah, it talks about that in the Shama has the same power as fire. Because, because I could spiritually give from me to a hundred people at one time, to a thousand people at one time, to a million people at one time. I can spiritually light a bunch of different, but I don't, I don't, not only I don't lose anything, but I gain. When you teach, you gain. Number one. Number two, Neshama is always, you know, turn the guy upside down, doesn't make a difference. Neshama is always reaching up. It's always reaching up, just like fire is always reaching up. You turn the match, the candle over, it's gonna burn your hand. It's always, always reaching up. And, and that's why it's what, what the Torah uses to teach Chinuch, to teach, teaching children, right? Is here, is Bahadlaka. And that's why we say also very interesting, which most of you know, is that you have to hold, in the Beis HaMikdash, you have to hold the candle, the fire, right? On the candle until, I should have brought, I should have done it for you, a, 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 a sample, but when, when you light something, let's say you light a Shabbos lich, right? You light it, so if you don't hold the match to the to the wick, if you just strike the match and light it, it could go out. Sometimes it does go out, right? In the base of Middash, you couldn't do that because it would be very terrible if you light the Menorah in the base of Middash and the Menorah goes out. So the client had to hold it there until the wick went totally up to its highest height, and then he pulled the match away. That's how he lit the Menorah. So we say that when you teach children, you, you, you have a Talmud and you just like, you know, give them a good word and like, okay, bye, I'm not answering your phones anymore, right? So that's not good enough. You, you have to take them down to the chuppah. You have to take them down, you know, through life. You can't just turn them on. You have to hold the candle until the person himself is lit. And I heard something fascinating this week about fire. So he said, when you have Talmidim, this Rebbe told me you have Talmidim. So you can, you know, you can turn them on to a little bit of learning or you can mamish turn the, the classroom into like this huge fire, this huge, like everyone's into it. And like, like when you go to a yeshiva and everyone's screaming at each other, he says, I'll tell you the difference. He says, when you have a little flame and a wind comes, what happens? The flame goes out. When you have a big flame and a wind comes, what happens? It spreads. It's the, wor- the worst thing for a forest fire is if it's windy because you can't stop the fire. So he says, the wind's going to come. Every student, every person is going to go through stuff in life where the Yetzirah is going to blow at him a wind. If he's a huge flame, what a, and it's, it's, it's so true what he's saying. He's saying a guy who's, who's, who's on fire, close to God, and into Torah, and into being a Jew, the more the Yetzirah comes at you, the, the stronger you get. It's, it's like, you don't want me to go daven? I'm going to daven an extra 10 minutes. You want me to go look at this? You want me to look at these movies? Just the opposite. I'm going to turn my face around. Ray never used to turn my face around. What happens when, when you're when you have this fire in you, right? Then you 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 mamish. It's 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 like it's like a person who's against smoking, right? He's so crazy about against smoking. And there's some guys who don't who don't really care, right? You have that fire in you. So so when the wind comes and tries to knock you out, it it, it just fans the flame. 
He says, but if you just teach your, you teach your children or you teach your Talmidim, eh, a little bit, you know, yeah, I'll learn a little bit, he says, then the first movie, the first DVD, the first iPhone, the first garbage, the first internet that comes along, he's gone. So he says, you have to make sure that when you teach somebody that you, I mean, I'm guilty as much as anyone else, that you, uh, that you don't just start the fire, but you know, it's very hard, it's hard today to be a Rebbe and, and to stick with it, you know, because it takes a lot, you know, and you have Talmidim and, and they're, they're, they need you, and your family needs you, and, and everybody's calling you, and it's, it's hard, and people get very hurt and very insulted, and they're like, I mean, I've been told, you know, why, why'd you, you got me started and you walked away. So really, the Pasuk's telling us that's not what you should be doing. Maybe you should have less Talmidim and just stick with them. And, and, and that's what Rashi's saying. Rashi's saying is you got it, you got it, with your kids also. It's, it's, it's very nice to be a parent, and once in a while, it doesn't, it doesn't work though, because the wind comes and all of a sudden they're, they're on the streets. You, you gotta, you gotta stick with them until they're old enough to, you know, they say in Chinese, don't bring your kids fish, teach them how to fish. Because if you're gonna bring them fish, after a while you won't be able to bring them fish anymore, they're not, they're gonna starve. But if you teach them how to fish, then they'll never need you, they'll be able to fish on their own. In Tyra, which is also a thing that we need to work on, Memorization and just remember the Gemara and just learn it. If you don't know how to learn Gemara on your own, then actually the system that taught you did not do the right thing. You should, when a guy is 18, 19 years old, if he was in the right system, he should be able to open a Gemara, not an art school Gemara, but a regular Gemara. And if his Rebbe taught him the Diktuk and the understanding on how to know Akasha from a Teretz, and there are yeshivas, there are a few yeshivas that do that. They teach kids not, they don't bring the fish to the kids, they teach kids how to fish. And they teach you how to learn on your own. That's really what Rashi's saying over here. Rashi's saying that you need to hold the candle there until the candle may, Aleha, can do it on its own. And that's another thing that we need to, we need maybe to change a little bit is that, that because it's memorization and because it's so much work and you have to cover so much ground, you don't really know what you, you don't know how to learn. You, 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 you know how to memorize. You don't know how to learn. You can't open a Gemara. And the truth is that, 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 it's, that you can't always go to a shir. So the, the, the people that can open a Gemara and enjoy learning by themselves, like reading a book. If you, if you don't know how to read English, right, and you have a hard time reading English and you can only read a line in two minutes, you're not going to be reading books, right? If you know how to read, and then I remember when I was in school, they had this new speed reading. You went like this. <laughs> I don't know how they did that, but there was this, I forgot what it was called. We would, we would read like that. It would take you like two seconds to read a page, right? They had this thing going, but it didn't work for me at all. But, but some people were able to do that. So, so if you don't know how to learn, then it's a big strike against you. You're going to get bored. One of the biggest things that Bali Chuba Interesting, this is a very interesting point. About Chuba Israeli and about Chuba American. It's very different. It's much harder for the American. Because about Chuba Israeli knows how to read Hebrew. So now he comes to Davin, right? He never Davin before in his life, but he's about Chuba, he wants to Davin. So so the he knows the meaning of the Hebrew words. He can read the meaning, he can read the Hebrew words. He is a million miles ahead. Forget about about Chuvas. He's a million miles ahead of the regular guy. Because he can read fluent Hebrew and he understands fluent Hebrew. The words are. In America, many of the guys that I, that I talk to, they're like, yeah, I tried and I went to shul and nobody said hello to me and I sat in the back and everyone's reading Hebrew and I'm trying to read the English and I just felt very uncomfortable and I, I checked out. 
So it's the same thing in learning. If a guy's able to open a chumash and learn his Rashi, and he's able, okay, I mean, art school helped us a lot. There's nothing to talk about. But but a person who's able to learn on his own, he can go on a plane, open a Gemara, and he can learn by himself. He doesn't need it. He doesn't, I mean, of course, he still need a Rebbe. So, so that's what Rashi's telling. Rashi's telling us that a Rebbe, you need to hold a candle there until the guy can do it on his own. So, I mean, we're a little older. You know, this has to really be done when you're younger. That's for sure. But I, I really feel that for even guys this age, I, I don't have the ability to do it. Rabbi Ginsburg, someone that Rabbi Benjamin Ginsburg, I was just with him today. He has the ability to do it. He's trying to do this. But even guys our age should learn how to learn, how to take apart a piece of Gemara, to understand Aramaic. You think it's like a million miles away? It's not. You 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 all learned. Uh, what's it called? How to use the internet? You all know computer language. You didn't know that when you were a young kid. You all know how to how to work the iPhone. All this. Technology, right? Everybody, because you enjoy it and you want to learn it, so you learn it very fast. Even if you didn't learn it as a kid, I have friends that are 55 years old that know they know how to use a computer backwards and forwards and inside and out. Believe me, we were growing up, we had no idea computer language or anything like that. So if you want to learn something, you could learn something. And it, it, I don't even know where to tell you to go. We should have a machon, a place to go, learning how to learn. Everyone would be too embarrassed to go there. But, but, but Lamaisa, that's what he's saying over here. He's saying that a Rebbe should give the Kayach to his students, a father should give the Kayach to his children, how to learn how to learn. He should stay with the candle to make sure that it doesn't go out. So this was a promise that a Kishboku gave to Aaron Akayan, and the promise was, Hadlaka Oisim Mitzvah. You don't have to finish the job, but you have to, when you, when you, when you're putting in the energy, it has to have the potential to to learn, to, to grow, to, to be from, to do what you have to do. You have to put, you have to have the potential. You can't walk in with like, oh, I can't do this. You have to believe that you can do it. If a wind comes and blows it out, you get another chance, another chance. There's a crazy story in, um, the Abbas Chaim about another chance. Crazy story. He brings it down. I haven't said a story from the Abbas Chaim. Wow. Very, very long time. I don't think anyone here ever heard this story. Um, it's a mice and Naira about a second chance. He says the following. He says, so, so, there's a dinner to Torah, Abba Mises Bezdin, right? Abba Mises Bezdin is Chanak, choking, Hereg, getting your head chopped off, um, Shreifa, when they pour hot lead down your throat, and, and Skila. Four, 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 four dinner, and now we don't have this today, even though we do have it today, but we don't have it today, but we do have it today. We don't have Bezdin doing it, but I mean, Hashem, Everything I was just telling a girl this week, everything is becheshbin, everything has a cheshbin, everything has a cheshbin, you can't get away with nothing, right? On the other hand, you get everything you do right gets rewarded, but everything you do wrong, you're not getting away with it, you gotta do tshuva. She says an unbelievable story here. She says a story that there was a, there was a man who was a big let's. He made fun of Hashem, made fun of the Torah. He used to go to people's houses, who were serious people, from people, and he would sit there and he'd just make jokes about Yiddishkeit, about everything. Everything was a joke. Everything was sarcasm. Wasn't a good guy. Anyway, one day, on a Matzah Shabbos, on the 15th day of the month of the year, Tafshin Reish Nurvav, he comes to this rich man's Friday's house to sit there in front of the family, make fun of the Torah, make fun of Yiddishkeit, make fun of everything. And they sit down and the rich man gives him to eat. 
and he takes a piece of fish and there's a bone in the piece of fish gets stuck in his gets stuck in his mouth gets stuck in his throat and kashochas chitikas hadog benechnak umes he chokes and he dies the rich man now a lot of people hated this guy because of what he did he made fun of Yiddishkeit all the time but he was also a very powerful guy nobody messed with him so the rich man thought that if anyone's going to find out he died in my house they're going to think we killed him because we were very firm and he's talking against Hashem so we're going to think oh they murdered him right and we're all going to get into trouble so he didn't know what to do so he said I know what I'm going to do this is what he did so next door to them lived a doctor and he lived on the second floor this doctor so they carry the body it's a crazy story they carry the body up the steps to the doctor's house and they lean it against the doctor's door and they knock on the door and run away to make believe the guy is coming and he's sick right and he died by the doctor let the doctor take the hit right he went to the doctor and he had a heart attack he died by the doctor so they put him by the door and they bang, they knock on the door they run and they leave him there leaning on the door when the doctor opens up the door he's thinking this guy's alive he says to this body not knowing because it's in the middle of the night what do you want? because it was dark the doctor trips over the foot of the dead, dead man not knowing that he's dead and they both roll down the two flights of steps. Because of all the noise that it caused, his, his wife and his family come out. To see what happened. They see this bad guy. He's on the floor, on the bottom, and he's dead. And the, the doctor was rolling, ended up on top of him. So now they think that the doctor killed him. Now they're in trouble because everyone's going to say that they killed this guy because he's against Yiddish guy. So, now what are they going to do? So they wrote about Pachai because they're scared. They put him on their shoulder, El Hashuk. They go into the marketplace. It's in the middle of the night. They And they put him in a corner. Al-Kaisal, leaning against the wall, Ubarak, and they run away. They don't know anything about the bone. They think they killed, they think their father killed them. But when Mullah Islam opposite where they put him on the wall, there was a, um, oh, what's it called? A blacksmith. So he hears something going on outside. He goes out. He sees a man leaning in a corner on the wall. The Chashem said, Ganav. He thinks it's a guy coming. He's the only guy open that night. This guy's coming to kill me. Right? He's a Ganav. He goes back into his store. He takes out a hot poker. And he says, starts screaming at him, get out of here. When he doesn't answer him, he gets all panicky that the guy's going to shoot him. So, he throws this metal thing throws it at him. The yipel and the body falls on the floor. <laughs> so the the helper of the blacksmith says to him, "Oh my God, 
the guy's dead. You just killed him. He's the third guy, right? So now they don't know what to do. So they think they killed him. So take him, walk with a harug, they take him. It's an unbelievable story, Lamaisa. So they go, and they go outside the town, and they lean him sitting down against a wall. It looks like he just was sleeping on the outside of the town. They don't know anything, right? What happens? In the, a few hours later, a drunk comes by, right? He was the known shikr, the known alcoholic of the city. He had a beer bottle full of beer. This guy thought that this guy that's leaning against the wall was screaming at him, right? Because he's drunk. He said, Ganef to this guy that's laying on the floor, what do you want? You want to, you want to steal my beer? Right? And he starts screaming at him. He says, you know what? I'll teach you a lesson. And he hits him over the head with a bottle. Okay? They wake that night, right then when he hits him over the head with the bottle, right? The police come. The police come. And they see, oh my gosh, this guy just hit another guy. Let's see if he's okay. And they look at him, and he's dead. So they arrest the drunk for murder. And they bring him to court, and the court decides that the drunk killed him and has to be hung. And the rule, the rule of the country in that time was that the day that you're taking out, they're taking out someone to kill, to murder, they let everybody know that his punishment is that day, and they're taking him out to hang him. They're going to hang him in public. The rich man hears this with his whole family, and he says to his wife, listen, we killed this guy. He died in our house. We know the shikr didn't kill him. Can we allow this Jewish shikr to, to die with clean blood? I mean, he didn't do anything. We're going to lose our chilek Let's go to the, the head judge of the city, and let's tell him what really happened, and that we uh, we panicked, and, uh, you know, I don't know how he ended up out there by the shikr, but we put him by the doctor's door, and um, therefore, you know, Hashem won't punish us for letting a, a good Jew go to the, good night. Fine. So they get into they get into their car, their their wagon, and they're on their way to the to the judge. Now the other the the Reife, his family hears about it, and he calls his wife and kids and says, you know, you know, I killed him. You know, we fell down the steps. Uh, it wasn't the shikr. I killed him. So I think that uh, I need to go tell the court that they can't kill an innocent man. So I'm going to go to the head judge and tell him I killed him. You can imagine what's going to happen by the head judge. Okay. But anyway, so now. So they go, they're on their way to the head judge. Now, the, the, the blacksmith hears about it, and he says, uh, I can't let this happen. They, they're killing a shikr. I'm the one who put him outside there by the wall. So I gotta go to Bezin, and I gotta tell him that I'm the, that I'm the one who, who killed him, because I was scared of him. And, um, that's it. So they all show up. They all show up an hour before this guy's supposed to be hung, and the, 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 the doctor says, I killed him. And the blacksmith says, I killed him. And the, the, the other one, the, the person with the fish says, I killed him. Everybody's saying they killed him. And they start telling the story. And they find out that Hitaka died by accident from this, from this, um, bone. So they went to the Rav and they asked him, my high, why did this happen? Like, 
This is a crazy story. So the Rav said that since he made Lutzanus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and of Yiddishkeit and of everything else, he had to get all four Mises Bezdin. What are the four Mises Bezdin? Chanak, he choked on a bone. But that wouldn't have been enough because he still wouldn't have been allowed into the next world. So they had to do Skila. They had to throw him down. Skila's, he, he rolled down all the steps. And they had to do Hereg. That's when the guy knocked him in the, with the glass. And they had to do Shreifa is when he threw that hot, that hot metal thing at him. So he, even though he was a dead body, but he already choked, but the body itself had to go through Aramis's desert. Crazy story. Not over. So his son, this man's son, knew what his father did and knew that his father was not a good man. So every single year, he says he was eight years old when his father, father died when that happened to him. He says, for 10 years, he made a minion in his house by his father's, by his father's um, yard site. Mincha Arvis, and a little Musser, right? And they said Kaddish, and Hashkava, whatever that is. And in the 10th year, they didn't have a minion. There were only nine people. So, they couldn't find a 10th person. So the, this boy, the son of this man, he went to the Shuk to find the 10th person. Well, he saw an old man. Oimel Ya Pesach Beisach Knesses that was standing at the door of the Pesach of the Beisach Knesses. But Yevakish Menu Shiyava, he said, "I need a tenth." He didn't know who he was. He said, "I need a tenth." He says, "I can't." I can't go with you. Why? Sheaini Nalayim. I don't have I don't have shoes, and my feet I'm mechlochem batit are full of dirt, tar, mud. He said, I can't go with you. I, I'm, 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 I'm embarrassed to go between the people. So this boy says, not knowing who this man is, Come to my house. I have hot water. I'll wash your feet. I'll give you shoes. And new, and new socks. New socks. I can't go. He says, because the, the, the clothing that I'm wearing... Is filthy and dirty and full of lice. I'm, I'm embarrassed to come in front of the bees. Don't worry, listen to this. Said, Don't worry. I have clean clean clothing from my father, Oliver Shalom. I'm still not knowing who this man is. I'll give it to you as a matana. He says, I know, but I, I have another problem, he says. I haven't eaten. And um, if I don't if I if I'm if I'm gonna wait till you dive in and I'm not gonna eat, I'm probably gonna faint. So I have to go find food. So he's a bacher said to him, Baruch Hashem, I have food, I have shoes, I have a shower, I'll take care of you, you don't need to go anywhere, you come to my house. He'll be sure, he dressed him in ilu, he gave him shoes, he gave him to eat. And he, after everybody left, this, this boy was left alone. Anyway, to make a long story short, you can figure out who that man was. And he says that he left. And he, his mother told him to go to sleep. Instead, he learnt Mishnayos the whole night. When he fell asleep, his, his father came to him in, the, in a dream in, from the other world. And he kissed his son. And he told his son, It should be the will that after you live a long time, you should know that by what you did, you put my neshama into Gan Eden. Nimtzeno, he says, 
Lemaidim we learn, Sha'af al even though, since the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, there is no Bezdin. And Abba Misa's Batlu, but you should know that a person always can be Machapra. No matter how bad he is, no matter what he does, a person can always be Mishapra. He says, and this man, after everything that he did, he got Abba Misa's Bezdin in a very weird way, but his son, Brought him into Ganeid and brought him into Ayolam A person needs to know that. I, I, the only problem, I, I have this kid that I'm dealing with right now, and um, he's in yeshiva, and he's about 15, 16 years old, and he's extremely brilliant. Um, he's the best kid in his class in learning, but he's also extremely brilliant in technology. And he's the man, because he can break any filter on any computer he can break into anybody's Facebook he is one of these geek geniuses he's not a geek though that he can get Wi-Fi under the under the ocean he can do anything and in yeshiva he is now the man because guys come to him and he can I don't know exactly how codes how codes work in phones whatever it is he gets past the codes he can break the codes he can make phones do things that you're supposed to pay for and he doesn't have to pay for and he can he can get around these kids have parents have you know filters he gets around all that and he's in big trouble because Yeshiva found out and they want him out on the other side he's the best kid in his class as far as learning is concerned so they feel you have a kid here who could be the next girl Hadar how can you throw him out but on the other hand he's a, he's a Mahdi so they sent him to me and I sat down with him and I'll tell you what I told him I said listen did you watch movies did you have internet did you able to do all this stuff it's your Avera it's between you and Hashem and one day like most guys you're going to get normal and you're going to stand in front of Hashem and you're going to say I messed up and forgive me and Hashem will forgive you but you're a Mahdi every kid that has ever seen a dirty movie because you broke the filter or you got him DVDs from Wi-Fi from wherever you got it any guy that you caused to do an Avera you can never be forgiven because a Mahdi you can ask forgiveness for Averas I do but I can't ask forgiveness for Averas that I make you do so I said to him Meshuggah what are you nuts it's not that you're having a good time you, you, you do tshuva, whatever, you burn for your own habit. You're gonna, I said, you don't know when you give a guy a movie, when you break a code, every Avera that he does is your Avera. The, the Sultan's getting two for the price of one. The guy who does the Avera, he's getting the Avera, and the Mahdi's doing it. The guy who says, get into the car, let's go to the movies, get into the car, let's go to the party. Oh, I want, I, I, here's, here's a, here's a, uh, what's it called, a, a text message, you know, from a boy, and the girl, you know, and, and it's, it's such a big mistake. I'll, I'll just give you, I'll give you an example. So, so, so a, a lot of the stuff that's going on teenagers, right? Where it's girl boys and they're talking to each other. Eighth grade today. I'm dealing with eighth grade today. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Eighth grade girl dealing with a, with, with, with a tenth grade boy. She, she's a baby. It's not like she throw the guy in jail, but she's a baby. Eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. They're talking to boys, right? It's not normal. It's, it's, uh, it's gonna start in pre one soon, right? We're going to have to have Gan separated. You know, no guys and girls together in Gan. You're two years old, we have to separate you. It's crazy what's going on today. 
But, but I try, I, you should, whoever one's listening you should just understand this, especially if you're a Mahdi. So no, no one knows another other person's personality, right? I spoke a lot about when I used to gamble. The first time I went to gamble, the guy that took me could go gamble every single day. He spends $500. He will never spend more than $500. He, he doesn't have that personality. So when he introduced me to gambling, he didn't know my personality. He said, Zach, come with me. Let's go to the casino. Yeah, okay. I knew nothing about cards. I never played cards in my life. I never saw cards in my life. I didn't know what a casino was. I didn't know what chips was. He was going to be my friend. He's going to show me what a casino looks like. Now, this guy didn't have that addiction personality, addictive, impulsive personality. So he was very, you know, come Zach, well, you know, watch me play. I went, I watched him play the first time. I didn't play. He was playing fight all, whatever it was. I watched him. I'll try this also. But I have an addictive personality. And I have an impulsive personality. And I had to fight an addiction for 20 years. Because that was sugar now. Had to introduce me to this game. Now, he didn't introduce me to become an addict, to have an addiction. He introduced me just to be like him. Yeah, we're going once in a year or twice in a year. But you don't know what the other person is. So I'm, I'm telling this to this boy. And I'm like... You may be able to watch a movie and turn it off. You may be able to go on the internet and turn it off. But the guy that you're being a mahti, he could, he could lose all his Yiddish guy. He could end up marrying a guy one day because of you. How, how could you take such a chance? You don't know his personality. You don't have the same personality. So some people are like, big deal, I took her to a movie. Right. And since then, she's watching four movies a night. She's not you where you watch a movie a week. I'm not saying that that's right. So you don't know the other person's personality. When you introduce him to a, to, to a negative trait, you could be killing him. You yourself, for me it's nothing. Yeah, for you it's nothing. But for me it's something. A cigarette, for you, you don't need it. But for other people, it's addictive. A drink, for you, maybe nothing. And this guy is 17 years old. He's an alcoholic. And who started him? Some idiot man on Purim, when he came to his house, said, here, let me give you a drink. It's a joke. Aha. Meanwhile, the kid now is in a hospital. Because he was driving while he was drunk. Or he's in jail because he hit someone while he was drunk. So when you gave him the drink, sure, you're not an alcoholic. Well, you know, he's not going to become an alcoholic. So I'm telling this kid, you're a mahti. You have no idea. When you're going to come to Shemayim, you're going to see malachim. You're going to say, these are not my malachim. I never, ever did something like this. And they're going to go like, that's right, you did it. But you, you started him. Now everything he does is your responsibility. I said to him, are you nuts? So then we broke it down. Why are you doing it? I said, how much money do you make a week cracking codes? $25. I said, I'll give you 100 bucks not to do it. I'll pay you 100 bucks not to be a mahdi. At least we'll stop the mahdi. I can't stop you from watching movies. I'll pay you 100 bucks a week not to be a mahdi. I don't know. I'm like, one second. $25 I'm offering you 100 <laughs> so business is much better so now why do you want to do it I knew where I was going and the answer is something that we spoke about in Russ recognition he's the man all the guys come to him after Sheer can you get an app for free can you do this can you do that feels good about myself I'm the man I eat. and now what's happening is this is happening with boy girl this girl is talking to this boy and she shouldn't be because she's in a base circle or she shouldn't be and she's in high school she's in elementary school right so what does she do she could talk to the boy and nothing happened 
So now she tells her friend, he has a friend. So why don't you talk to him? Now that friend that she introduced to a boy is doing every avera that you can imagine. Now the girl would have never ever introduced it to a friend if she thought that she's going to take her friend down that way. But she knows herself. You don't know somebody else. So this guy, in the end when we broke it down, the, the problem was, the problem was, not, not the helping everyone get break, the problem was that he needs it for self-esteem because he became the man through this. I said, you're no different than a drug dealer. Drug dealer is also the man. Right? Anybody who makes these parties, he's the man. I know guys that did the same thing because they, they had nothing except what they made. We, we have to understand. So you have to understand, a person has to think before he takes his friend into a place, a bad place, you have to know one thing that you don't know what that's going to end up. Yitzhar is telling you, listen, it's not a big deal for you to take him. What's the big deal? But the answer is, you don't know this guy's personality. So he might end up going, you're going from zero to two. He's going to go from zero to a hundred. Mahti! No kapara. There's no kapara making someone else do an avera. It's one thing if you do it yourself. It's another thing if you cause other people to do averas. That's what I'm saying. You, that's what I'm giving the shit tonight. You have to know, right? That if you take a guy, what? It depends if why you made that decision to take this guy to that place. If you took him to a Yankee game. No and from that he became a Meshuggah. The, the guy never got this year from you about, about being a man. No one ever told him about being a man. And, 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 and then he wants to do Shul. Is he able to? You, you still have to... He's stuck. You have, you have to fix... I hate to tell you that just t- tonight there's a story here. You, you have to fix what you have to fix. You're going to have to fix it. You're going to have to come back and... Uh, I don't know. I'm always wondering what I was last time, because this time I'm bringing this time I'm bringing a lot of people close to Hashem. I'm hoping that last time I didn't turn off a million people. I don't know. I don't know what I did. But he he, he says here just interesting. I'll, I'll end with this. It's, it's amazing. He says here. Um, I, I can't answer that question. I'm not Hashem. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think you have to be. I think you have to make a decision not to ever put a person in that position. A guy was 15, he didn't know... He okay, so, for, so the 15 is din the cheshman. Din is what you did, and cheshman is understanding that you're 15. Anyone who did tshuva, no, no, you know... You know what I'm saying? I'm not Hashem. I don't, I don't know the judge. I don't know... The, I, don't, I, can't, I can't answer that. What? I, I hear you. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to the question. I, I tell you... Here, listen to this. There was, there was a... You ever hear the Gerrit Tzedek? His name was Avram ben Avram. Okay, so the Gerrit Tzedek um, lived in the time of the Vilna Goyen. He was called Avram ben Avram. When Avram ben Avram was sentenced to die at the stake in the Spanish Inquisition, so the, the, the Vilna Goyen said to him that I could say Shemitz of Hashem and, and Kabbalah, I could save you from them. Because Avram ben Avram was the most famous Gerrit Tzedek. And he said no. He said the same thing Rabbi Akiva said. He said, from the time I recognized there's a true God, I wanted to die in the name of Hashem. I'm not interested. Don't save me. And he died, Taka. They burnt him. So he, he says this. Listen to this. He says this from Rav Shlomo Zalman Auerbach. And he says that a son was born to a prominent student of the Vilna Gain. Right? And the baby died shortly after. 
So he came to, they came to very broken, they, they lost their child. He came to the Vilna Gain, and they asked the Vilna Gain, what was this all about? So he said, I want you to know that your baby had the neshama of Avram ben Avram. So they asked, I don't understand, he died al-Kiddush Hashem. He, he gave his life in public. There's no way he didn't go into Gan Eden. So why do you have to come back here? Why do you have to come back to this world? He died at the stake. And it says a person who dies at the stake goes straight to Gan Eden. So they asked him, Vilna Gaon, why did he have to come back? You ready? Because you're asking me this question. So I'm not going to let the answer. So, so you know what the Vilna Gaon said to him? He said, as holy as he was, his, he came in as a guy to this world. So he came in betuma. So even though he had to go into Gan Eden, but he came into this world betuma, he had to fix that. So he had to come back to this world betahara. He had to be, he had to be, come through a Jewish, and a Jewish woman, a Jewish man, who keeps tahara from Mishmacha. And once he came into this world, that was his tikkun, you should know that that neshama was Avram and Avram. So you're asking me a question like this here. <laughs> he had to come back, go through the whole nine months, be born, because he was conceived through Tumor, gave his life for Akash Baruch Hu in public, still had to come back. He still had to have a tikkun. So I'm, I'm not Hashem, I can't, I, I, whatever. But certain things, there's just, there's, con- there's consequence. There is consequence. I don't know. We're not coming back. I don't think there's that much time left. So I don't know if anyone's coming back anymore. Whatever it is. Listen, the, the bottom line is a person that's true, true shalem, then according to the Rambam, you're, you're a Beri Chadasha. If you're a Beri Chadasha, you're a new person, then you're not the guy with Mahdi the other guy. According to the Rambam, you're supposed to change your name. We don't hold like that. So if you do a real tshuva, you're not the guy that was at 15 years old taking the other guy. You're a new guy. According to Ramam, you have to, you have to give yourself a new name. We don't pass him like that. But, but the, the Zara says you become a Be'er Chadasha. Because Baruch Hu created Shuva. It was the greatest present he ever gave us, and it's going to be the biggest punishment that a person ever gets. It's not a punishment. He's going to, it's going to be the worst pain that he ever had in his life because of Baruch Hu created Shuva. Because here you are your whole life, you have a chance to erase all the bad. Who, who, who does that? Who does that? You, you use all the money in your bank account, they refill it. So God had to create tshuva before the world because it's not, it's not din. It's not fear to the other side. It's not fear to the bad side. You did something bad, you should pay for it. God said, no, you don't have to pay for it. You do tshuva, you don't have to pay for it. It's not fear. They're right. You did something bad, you gotta pay. No. Before the Kishem created the world, because he loves us so much, he created tshuva. Did you could go back in time to when you're 15 years old, and you told that guy to go to the movie, and the way they're going to show it in Shemayim, you told the guy to go to the base members. And the HR is going to be jumping up and down. What are you talking about? I was there. He told him to go to the movie. And they're going to say, no. He did tshuva, which means he went back to that time. He raised what he did. And if he did it by Ahava, because he loved Hashem, then he, he took him to, he, he, he sent him to Shul. That is sick. That is sick. For everyone in this room, we have a chance to go home tonight and take an eraser and start erasing all the stuff that we did. And we don't do chill. We go through our life, through our life. After 120 years, you're like, hello, we brought you into the, what room was that? The evidence room, right? Where the gun you used was. And we put, we gave you the ability to take that gun and melt it. And you just left the tag on it with your name. That's what Chris Bokhi created chuva. And it's the biggest pain because you come to the next room and you're like, I have the eraser in my hand. And, 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 and I didn't use it. 
So that's something that, that you know, that, that people have to, have to think. That wasn't my subject tonight. But that, you're asking me that question. You, you see here, you have to come back. But you ask me that question, and the answer is, yeah, you, 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 could, you could get rid of it. The mahdi, because I'm not, that's not me. That wasn't me. How am I proving that wasn't me? Because now that I'm who I am, and I'm doing chupa, and I'm saying, I'm not happy with that guy, means I don't want to be that guy, I'm not that guy. Because again, we, we do this, because we live in a, the world in Shemayim is a world of no time. So in the world of no time, I could go back in a world of no time, because it's all the same thing, and, and change what I did. And, and, and it's just, it's just a terrible thing that most people, we don't have time to think. And we don't spend time with ourselves, we spend time with all our machines. So we don't spend time to figure out, to go back into our past, and start erasing the stuff that we did. It's a Neyudikah Matana. The Chafetz Chaim says that every single night, you did a Cheshvan HaNefesh. If you're going to try to figure out what you did last, I'm going to try to figure out what I did well in the last 56 years, I'm not going to come up with everything. But if you did every night a Cheshvan HaNefesh, what I did wrong today, I did whatever, I was supposed to do this or that, and, and you do true, he did true every night before he went to sleep. He sent his Neshama to Shemayim, erased from all the bad stuff. That's a Koyach, that's a Koyach that all of us have. So I just want to end with a very um, beautiful story tackle from Rav Shach on on how to bring how to how to um, teach children, and he says um, he has a lot of different stories about him, but I want to tell you a story about a student. He says that uh, Rav Shach once entered the base medrash of the Panavat Yeshiva, and he told the Bachrim that he had forgotten a certain Rekiva Eger. But he knows that there's one buffer that his thing is, is Rekiva Eger. He should, he, he, I want you to find him. I need to, I need to, I need, maybe he'll know where it is. So they found him. Rav Shach went to see him and he asked him, do you remember this Rebbe Akiva Eger? So the buffer was surprised. The Rishiva forgotten the finish like that. Um, and he was very surprised that the Rishiva asked him for this answer. But he told Rav Shach, Rav Shach yeah, the Chiddush is in here and here in this Masech, whatever it is. Okay. So, Rav Shach said, um, uh, show it to me. He said, uh, show it to me. So the Bacha went, right? He said, show me this Kiddush in the Sefer. The Bacha obliged. And he showed him the whole thing. And Rav Shach was thanking him in front of other, other, the other Bacha. So, Brother Abayin, who saw this, went to Rav Shach and said, you know, Rebbe, um, I think the Rebbe knows that Rekhi Vegar. Why'd you do that? That's what he said. They were dick. He says, the Bachar, this Bachar, was about to become engaged. He had come to me for a bracha about the girl. He said that at the last moment, the other side broke the engagement. And he was very tabrachim. This boy was very tabrachim. He said, so I wanted to lift his spirits. So I made inquiries to find out which sugya he knows very well. You hear this? And was he familiar with the chidushim of Rebbe Eger on that sugya? As Rebbe said, yes, that's his figure. That's what he knows very well. So when I knew that he knew this Rekiva Eger, I went into the base medrash and I asked him about it. He said, my intention was that this incident should be noted and publicized in front of everyone so that the other Bachram should speak highly of this Bacha who remembered something that the Rashiva had forgotten. I was hoping that this would help him find the shit up as quickly as possible. Because if you're going to go out with a girl and you feel low and you don't, you're not feel good about yourself, they feel that energy, right? So everyone's talking about this guy. He says, and what happened? The Bachar gained so much acclaim as a result of this incident, within two weeks, he found his column. Going all the way down in order to give this guy 
self-confidence. Found out what Musechta, what Rokiva Eger, in front of everyone, embarrassed himself, made believe he didn't know anything, in order to teach a Bachar. Sometimes a Rebbe, right, has to be able to see that, and he has to understand. That's what, the, what this boy, and I call this Rebbe, this guy that I'm dealing with, he just wants recognition. So if he's going to get bad recognition from doing bad things, he'll do that. But if he gets recognition, right, that he's the smartest kid in the class, and that, that I told Rebbe, I hope he doesn't listen to the share, right? I said, he's a 10th grader, get him to tutor a 9th grader. Come on, you're the best guy in the Gemara. You can help this kid. I said, I promise you he'll be finished with all this garbage. I won't have to fight with him anymore because he's going to feel good about himself. Just telling him, you know the Gemara the best. He's, he's being, okay, thank you very much. And then what? Have him learn with someone, right? Where he feels, I'm helping someone. Recognition can come from I'm hurting someone, right? I'm giving them all this garbage or I'm helping someone. Same recognition. In fact, the helping someone at the end of the day feels better. So give this kid... Right, I told him, give, I hope he doesn't hear this, right? Give this kid a kid in ninth grade to learn with. If you give a kid to learn with in ninth grade, he's going to feel good about himself. He's going to be off shop. Once he feels good about himself, he's going to feel very bad about the bad stuff that he's doing. And that's what Rus, which we, we spoke about, that's what Rus said. The godless, the godless of Boaz, who I hold was the Rebbe of all Rebbe's by calling her Biti, not Balchuva, but Biti, my daughter, the godless of him was Hikirani. He gave her recognition. You give somebody recognition, they don't need to do negative things. Uh, I, I mean, I've been speaking about this a lot. The, 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 the girl, I was dealing with this girl, in, uh, um, the first girl that I ever dealt with that was totally anti-everything, and she cursed me and God and everything. And you know the story, I've told you, and I told her that at least you believe in God, whatever it is. But what happened was she had this tongue ring that made me crazy. She had all these piercings, but I could not get that tongue ring out of her mouth. I offered her $500. And she needed money. $500, I took out five crisp $100 bills. I said, here's $500, give me your tongue ring. It hurts you, it gets infected. Imagine when it's cold, it must be cold, and when it's hot, it must be burning. Right? You don't like that thing. She said, I can't give it to you. I'm like, why? She says, because it's me. That's me. That little thing. I said, that little metal thing in your tongue, that's you? She goes, that's me. Everywhere I go, it's just true. Every time she came to Mouth for Shabbos, my kids are like, what is that, right? Because that's her recognition. She's talking and you see this thing bobbing up and down. You're like, what's, what's going on over here, right? So that's her recognition. So you can't, you can't take that away from someone. This is who I am. So I offered her $500 cash, which was like a million dollars to her. No, because I'm not, I'm not going to lose who I am. I'm going to take that out. No one's going to look at me. No one's going to give me any attention. I'm not different. To be different, to get recognition, we will give up anything, even $500. So what happens? I met her Tishabov night, Simchas Torah, where Rabbi Weinfeld Shul, and that thing is really bothering me. And I'm like, we walk out, we're finished, we're on our way home. And I said, I'll call her Miriam. Her name is not Miriam. I'm like, Miriam, I'll make you a deal. Yeah? I'm like, you give me your tongue ring? I put it in my towels bag. I'll pierce my towels bag, and I will look at that ring every day. And I will think of, first of all, she came very far from Tisha B'Av till then. I will think about your potential and you and everything you're going through. She goes, no, you won't. You're not going to put that in your towels bag. I said, I will put that in my towels bag. I will show it to you after Yantar because you can't make it on Yantar. She said, you promise? I'm like, I promise. She said, close your eyes. I said, no. 
She said, no, close your eyes and put out your hand. I knew what was going to happen. I put out my hand. She dropped it in. 500 bucks. She wouldn't do it. $1,000, she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. She just wanted recognition. Rabbi Wallstein, you're willing to put it in your towel bag and look at it every day? Take it! I don't need it anymore. That's all we want. That's all a child wants. Is that his parents, his mother and his father, should recognize him. Special. The word is special because if I'm like everyone else, then I gotta do a piercing and I gotta put on jeans and I gotta be on my telephone on Shabbos and I, so I gotta do something that I'm different. Now, all my brothers and sisters, they're, they're goody goodies. So if I'm bad, I'm different. I'm gonna get all the attention. They get all the attention. And the next sister says, hey, she's getting all the attention when she's bad. Good people don't get attention. So now she's bad. But if you give the good people attention, then you don't need to be bad. That's the secret. That was what Boaz, that's what she told Boaz. Rani, you recognize me? She said that I will not be like a Shifcha Secha. I will not be like any other one of your women. I will be the great grandmother of Dabra Melech. I will be the Ema Malchus of Mashiach. Why? Because of recognition. Mitzvah Shem, you'll all be parents. You need to give your children, each one of them, a special recognition. Not I have five daughters. I have one daughter times five. Each one is different. Each one needs a different love. Each one needs a different time. Not, you know, a lot of parents tell me, I took it, well, I take my, my kids out. I'm like, no, you gotta take Miriam out Monday night, and then the following Monday night take Yechazkel out. You need to take your kids out separately, because if not, you're not giving them that individuality, then, then one of them, then they're, they're just a pack, and then they're gonna have to, one of them's gonna wanna do something, Hikirani, to make them an individual, to be recognized. You need to give each one of your kids different love, Different time. You need to give everyone in your class, if you're a Rebbe, different time and a different speech. Not one speech to the whole class. Each kid. I'm just. I'm going to end. I'm just going to tell you something happened to me today. So, so we. I, 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 I'm in this office building in Borough Park, and this is this this uh, the guy who's cleaning up, a, a black gentleman who cleans up the whole building. And Lamaisa, um, he doesn't smile at all. He's new. He's like, we had many, many guys, Spanish guys, this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy. This guy's new. He's about a month, maybe a month, maybe six weeks, right? And I say sometimes, hi, good morning, good afternoon. I get a, a mumble bumble, nothing. But when my son, this guy cleans, the bathroom smell clean. He cleans better than any guy in the last seven years that we've had there. He doesn't work for me. He works in the building. Tonight, before I, before I left my, my office, so he's standing by the elevator because that's where he starts his whole thing. And I'm like, what's up with this guy? Right? So I, I turn to him. It's a hard job that he has. And I'm like, I just have to tell you something. He doesn't know me. I'm like, he knows I'm in the building. I just have to tell you something. He looks up, no smile. I'm like, he's a man. Because this place has never been this clean. It never smelled clean. It's never this clean. I said, you are the, I'm here seven years. You are the best guy we have ever had. Did I get a smile? What a smile. And he said, good night. He never says good night to me. I said, I just have to tell you that. What happens? Yeah, all the nice guys walk by and say good night, hi, because it's the right thing to do. Nobody, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about myself, but nobody gave him the hikirani, gave him the recognition. You're the man! Nobody cleans like you. The guy lit up like a light bulb. Mom's like a light bulb. That's what people need. That's what students need. That's what a wife needs. That's what a husband needs. 
It's what a child needs. It's what a parent needs. Just recognition. Just recognition. This woman came to me. She said her daughter is off the derech. She's mechalal Shabbos. She said, "You know what bothers me more than anything else? That it doesn't bother her that she's hurting me." She said, "I'm very from. It kills me. She's mechalal Shabbos. It kills me what she's doing with the skirts. It kills me everything." She said, "But Rabbi Wallstein, what kills me the most is that she doesn't give me recognition that I'm her parent." In other words, my, I know it's bothering you, but I like guys. My, I know it's bothering you, but I'm having a problem with Chavez. My, I know it's bothering you, but uh, you know, I'm struggling with kosher. She said I could deal with that, but it doesn't bother her. It means I'm just, I have no recognition as a parent. I'm, I don't exist. She just says bye and does whatever she wants. She says, you need to talk to her. Well, she just, I'm just asking her to, to, it should bother her that it bothers me. I'm like, she's uh, not old enough yet for that, but I'll try to talk to her about that. But everybody, even a parent, we all want, we want recognition that our kids recognize us as parents. That's what Yiddishkeit, that's what everybody is looking for. So my bracha to everyone is that we should see Aaron Akhayin, Mimheri Biyamenu, like the Menorah, Yivu Shirat Neirais, Mu, Negat Hashem, we should be able to see it in the base Amigdash. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.